You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Again, you are listening to the Manifesting God podcast. I am your host, Prophetess Marie Elizabeth. Listen, it's been quite a day already, isn't it? I mean, it's Monday morning, Monday evening. We've been through the courses of our day, through everything that came with that day. But guess what? You're still standing. No matter what the enemy brought up against you on today, you are still standing. You're still standing even after what you went through on last week. Some have lost loved ones. Some have gotten sick. Some have gotten healed. But God has kept us through what? The process. He kept us through the process. Let's get over. Let's see. I think I'll start with John. Uh, let's see. I think I'm going to start no, with Deuteronomy 8. I'm going to Deuteronomy 8 and 18. I'm going to start there and kind of take us to where we are going tonight because you know we're going, uh-huh, we're going somewhere. Deuteronomy 18, it says there, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. And that is the King James Version. Thou shalt remember, remember the Lord thy God, for it is him. You must remember God because it is him, only him, only him. And it says there, it's only him, the power. He gives you the power, the power. He gives you, he puts you in a place. He positions you. He grants you. He permits you. He ascribes to you. It is God's power that ascribes to you an ability to get what? To produce what? Wealth. Can I tell you today that wealth is not always what we think it is. It can be many things, but he gives you, he he ascribes to you the power, portion of his power, the power of God. He puts within you, he gives it to you so that you can produce wealth. And why is he doing this? He's doing this because he wants to establish something. He wants to stand up something. What does he want to stand up? His covenant. He wants to stand up his alliance, his agreement. He wants to do that in you. Why? Because that is what he sworn to your fathers. That is what he sworn to them. And it is the same today. See, we have to be clear. It's all about God's alliance. We are who we are. We have what we have because of God's alliance. 
his pledge, his pledge to provide throughout the generations, throughout the generations. Come on. He said to Abraham, throughout the generations, I'm going to provide strength generational strength, generational um, might, generational efficiency, generational what? Wealth, wealth, wealth. Now we today, we ascribe wealth with, we associate wealth with money. We associate wealth with money, but wealth is more than money. As this scripture is telling us today is strength, it's might, it's efficiency. Come on, it's wisdom. It's wisdom. What are you teaching your children today that will change their lives? That will ultimately, listen, I was speaking with my husband to, um, one day last week. And uh, when I was talking to him, I was reminded as we begin to talk about our plans, I was like, geez, I'm going to reach this particular goal like when I'm 60. I should reach it when it's when I'm somewhere between 60 and 61. I will likely reach this goal if I follow through with the plan that God has given me. But here was the thing that caught our attention. We were talking about our daughter and she has certain goals that she wants to get to. But she's going to reach those goals by the time she's 30. See, my 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 ceiling has become her floor. What are we doing today? What are we saying today? What are we speaking today that is going to transpose or manifest itself in the next generation? Or do we think that we're it? Is the ministry God gave you, is it just, will it die when, when you die? Or will your children be able to carry it out if they want to? Is it, are you leaving something that they can stand on? That, that that now becomes your ceiling now becomes their floor. It becomes their foundation. See, because Christ, he established this covenant. God established this covenant with Abram because he said to him, because what? You believed on me. I'm going to establish this covenant. Come on, we're going to read about it in a moment. I'm going to establish this agreement with you and this agreement of strength, this agreement of might, this agreement of effect efficiency, this agreement of wealth, I'm going to establish it with you that it travels throughout your generation. It will be waiting on the next generation. Listen, a lot of us can look back and we might not feel like a whole lot was waiting on us as we got older. But can I tell you today, even if it's not, stop looking for finances. What have you been taught? What have you been taught? I can tell you, my parents taught me some things that I could stand on until I learned something else and I began to build on, build on what they taught me. Surely, surely you have learned from your leaders today, from your leaders of yesterday, you have learned something that you are standing on today. And we know that because of God's promise to Abraham, because of his alliance, his pledge to provide that generational strength and might, that generational wisdom, that something, something is holding you. Right now, so there's something you're standing on right now that you can build upon if you would open your mouth. 
If you would move forward, you can build upon what has been established for you, what is already waiting on you. We're not going to even get into what you've gotten today from your leadership today that you have not moved into today. But can we can we talk about what is what you've learned up until this point, which you're still standing on? What is still holding you up? Come on now. See, we we get we get so uh let's see, we get so um we make decisions that the scripture means A, B, and C. And then when we find out that it means J, K, and L, we don't want that because that's farther down the line. So if we think of it and the way that we choose to, in the way that we choose to, then we can say that we've arrived and we have a lot of that today. We choose to make these scriptures mean a certain thing to us so that we can define who we are right now because we want to be great right now. We want to be wonderful right now, but we don't want to tap into that generational wisdom, that generational strength that God has already said is waiting on us. We don't want to grow into that stature. So we create our own stature, not realizing that our own stature is why we're stagnant and at times why we're ignorant in our faith in our faith because we won't take time to to learn what god actually has already prepared for us it's already prepared it's already waiting on us if we move towards it if we move towards it go to genesis 17 and let's talk about this covenant that has already been established let me just lay that foundation about this covenant that has already been established. And in Genesis 17 and 1, it tells us, and when Abraham was 90 years old, yeah, that covenant when he was 90 years old, when Abram was 90 years old, when he was 90 years old. Come on, can you, can you, for those of us who are older and some that are even older than I, can you say it's not over yet? Can we believe God that it's not over yet, that God still has a work for you, that there's a covenant yet still waiting on you, right? waiting to be fulfilled in you? And when Abram was 90, uh-huh, and when Abram was 90, uh-huh, and when Kim was 95, uh-huh, and when John was 80, uh-huh, when Abram was 90 years old old and nine when he was 99 years old the lord appeared the lord appeared come on say i can see jesus i can see the lord come on let make that confession out of your mouth no matter your age i can see the lord the lord appeared to abram and he said unto him i am the almighty god and he said unto him come on make that confession with your mouth i can hear the lord I can see the Lord. I can hear the Lord. And then he said to him, walk before me and be thou perfect. Walk before me and be thou perfect. What can you say now? Come on. I can obey the word of the Lord. Let me hear that confession out of your mouth. I can obey the word of the Lord. What? That I hear that 
I see, I can obey it. Verse two says, and I will make, I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. I can receive from the Lord. Make that confession with your mouth. I can receive from the Lord. Then Abraham fell on his face and God talked to him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Do you hear God prophesying to the one that can see him, that can hear him, that can obey him. Those are the ones that he can make a covenant with, those that can see him, those that can hear him, and those that can obey him. I can see him, I can hear the Lord, and I can obey him. Therefore, waiting upon me is his covenant. So he fell on his face and he said in verse four, as for me, behold, thy covenant is with me. I'm going to I'm with thee. I'm going to make you a father of many nations so you can be blessed by the Lord. But here it is. Verse five, neither shalt thou name thy name be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. See, I can receive from God because I'm willing to accept a name change. Even at 99, Lord, you can change my name. Even at 60, Lord, you can change my name. Even at 40, Lord, you can change my name. Even at 30, Lord, you can change my name. Can we give God permission to change our name. He needs to change our name because he said within that name change, within that name change comes a positioning as a father of many nations. But the name has to be changed first. It has to be changed first. Verse six says, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful and I will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee. Remember some time ago, we talked about in Genesis 1, be fruitful and, and multiply. And he's telling Abraham here after the name change that you're going to be exceedingly fruitful, even more so. And now nations are coming out of you. And now kings are coming out of you. Who am I talking to? What king am I talking to today? What queens am I talking to today? Whom God has already made it to be so. If you're under the sound of my voice, I'm talking to you. King, I'm talking to you. Miss Lady Queen, I'm talking to you. The foundation has already been laid. It, the covenant has already been made. It's waiting on you. It's waiting on you to step into it. You that can see God, you that can hear God, you that can obey God are the same they that can receive from God. Verse seven says, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee, get this, and thy seed after thee, and thy seed after thee in their generations. 
in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and thy seed after thee. God is not only going to be a God to us, but just as he was with some of our parents and their parents, he's going to be a God to you and your children and their children and their children and their children. Why? Because they will be able to see him. They will be able to hear him. Come on. Then they can obey him. And then they will receive from him. Verse nine says, no, verse, no, let me pause. God said to Abraham that he has to keep his covenant. He said, thou shalt keep my covenant. What does this mean? So remember earlier, I said that covenant is an alliance. It's an agreement. And in this context, it's between God and man. So God tells Abraham the specifics of the covenant in Genesis 17, what he got is going to do and what Abraham has to do. What does, what is his end? What does it look like for him? How, how does he have to keep up his end of the covenant? And he is simply asked, God is only asking him to continue what he's already begun. Walk with him through and in his promises. See, Abraham started out in obedience to God's direction and he was to continue in the same thing, the same methodology. He was to continue in the same trail train trail of he was to continue in the same thought process. He was to move just like he'd already been moving if he wanted to receive the promises of God. That's in Genesis 12. So if we go look at Genesis 12, let's look at what, what, what God told him to do. See, because first there was a call. First, there was some type of instruction. You know, we read earlier where Abraham, where God spoke to Abraham. So that meant, I mean, God appeared to Abraham. So Abraham saw him. Then God spoke to him. So Abraham heard him. Then God went about giving him instructions and he obeyed those instructions. And then he was able to receive. Now, if you begin to break this down, you can see where in Genesis 12 and 1, where God actually gave Abraham specific instructions. He said, the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you. I will curse all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. They're going to be blessed through you. They're going to be blessed. Listen, how many people today are waiting on your obedience so that they can be blessed? How many people today are waiting on you to follow God's instruction so that they can be blessed? How many are waiting on you to hear God so that they can hear God? Waiting on you to see God so they can see God. Waiting on you to obey God so that they can obey God. Waiting on you to receive so that they can receive. So where are you at in the process? Where are you at in your process that might be holding up another? 
Are you blind? Can you not see God? Are you deaf? Can you not hear God? Perhaps you're rebellious. You don't want to obey God. But yet you're wondering why you're not receiving the promises of God. I'm not talking about receiving what you think you should have. I'm talking about what God has promised through his covenant. What might, what might you have in your hand that you picked up, that you put in your hand, that God did not put in your hand because you still have yet to obey? See, there's a lot that happens in the course of our day that we go through and not give much thought to where God is in it. We don't give a whole lot of thought to where God is in it. And then we wonder why we don't always receive. We don't always receive what God has for us. We, we receive a, a, a bit of a makeshift type of blessing, something that technically you could have gotten on your own. You could have gotten it on your own, but because you don't want to obey, because you don't want to see God's instruction through all the way till the end, you don't understand that that point at which you stop following, stop seeing, stop hearing, stop obeying, whatever point you are that you stopped, he stopped and he's still waiting on you. He's still waiting on you. Listen, there's a there are times when all of us will. How about this example? There are times when all of us that might get sick, right? And how about this? When you got uh, the flu, um, you didn't. You God didn't talk to you about how to heal pneumonia. Let's go something we need a doctor for. He didn't talk to you about how to heal your pneumonia. You had to go to the doctor's office or you had to go to the emergency room. And when you went there, guess who God started talking to about how to heal your pneumonia? He talked to the doctor because the doctor could understand the language of healing. The doctor could understand what was needed to heal you. What did he talk to you about? Obedience. He talked to you about obeying. He talked to you about obeying what the doctor said. He talked to you about taking the medicine or the, I think it's antibiotics, taking the antibiotics at the same time every day, like the doctor said, so that you would be healed. See, he's talking to you about what's required of you. And he's talking to the person of choice, the person who has that experience, who has that understanding about what you need to do. And so many times, and this is what we're talking today, about today, so many times the gap comes in when we don't listen. And so what are we talking about today? We're talking about you, period, must, period, follow, period, through. You must follow through. We don't follow through. We stop somewhere in the cycle. Abraham heard God, saw God, heard God, obeyed God, and he received. Where? Find yourself. Let's find ourselves somewhere in there. If we don't feel like we are where God wants us to be, we must find ourselves in one of those three phases. Did I not see him like I thought I did? Did I not hear him 
like I thought I did. Did I not obey him? And that's usually where we find ourselves because somewhere in between God instructing us and our obedience is disobedience. Right smack dab in the middle, somewhere between the, the gap of obeying, hearing and, and obeying comes our own thoughts. Sometimes in the somewhere in that gap comes our own ideas. Somewhere in the gap of hearing and doing and, and obeying comes, comes uh, uh, we come up with another way that things can be done, an easier way, one that might we think might get us there quicker or one that maybe won't cost as much. We find our own way. And it's not until we come back around, all the way around to obedience. Obedience, can we receive? See, because uh, what happened was when God spoke to Abraham and he told him to go from his country and from his people and from his father's household to the land that he was going to show him, he didn't tell him where the land was. He just said, you move and then I'm going to show you as you go. And so what happened in verse four, we see obedience happening. What? So Abraham went. We can stop it right there at the verse. The Lord said to Abraham, go. In verse one, verse four says, so Abraham went. See, right there is where we're discussing you must follow through because somewhere in our go, somewhere in the instruction of going and, and the went, we get lost. We get lost and we find ourselves paralyzed and wondering why the blessings of God have not manifested themselves upon us. How come I have not yet received? Because you're somewhere lost in between what you saw, what you heard, and what you obeyed. Somewhere you got in there. There's somewhere you got in there. See, Abraham, he followed the Lord's instruction. He followed it through famine. And Nagib, he followed it through his own lies when he said that Sarah was his wife in Egypt. He followed it through the separation of his family when him and Lot separated at Bethel. He followed it through rescuing the family when he had to go back and get Lot out of Sodom. And he still gave that tithe even in the middle of it. See, when we're in between that seeing God, hearing God, and obeying God, what did we let? fall to the wayside while we were trying to figure it out ourselves instead of simply following God's instruction. See, because Abram, Abraham was focused. He was focused enough that even through all of that, even after he had to go fight and go get back a lot in all of the possessions and everything, he still was focused enough to pause and give tithe. He was still focused enough to know the rules that he agreed to live by, which was not to take anything from them because he didn't want anybody saying that they made him rich. He still was focused enough on what he had to do in God to not get distracted by greed. <clears throat> See, we we don't we don't these little things they seem little, but they they miss us. We they they fly by us so fast that we don't even realize what we tripped over. They fly by so fast that we don't even realize that we just tripped over something. See, because Abraham, even through everything that he was dealing with, 
everything that he had to deal with in the process of life, even when he lost himself in, in a means of trying to protect himself and trying to protect his wife, thinking that they were going to take Sarah from him as their very own, he still, he still managed, he still managed to believe God through all of that, through all of it. Through, through all of everything that he went through trying to rescue Lot, he still believed God through all of that, that he didn't get tricked up and take and take from them what he bought back, even though he was the one that thought, probably earned it, but he didn't want anything from them because he didn't want them saying that they made him rich. He didn't want to give them anything to talk about. So where is it? What little, what little thing has gotten in that has made us trip? What has made us trip? See, because then came the covenant, because what happened was the Lord came to him in verse 15 and told him that he didn't have to be afraid, that, that God was his shield and that he was even his reward. So as, as with anyone, when, when God began to prophesy to himself what he was going to do, of course, we get down to verse eight and Abram, Abraham, ha, Abram has questions. He has questions. In case you haven't caught on, I'm playing it back. I started at the end, now I'm playing it back. So what happened was Abram had questions. He had questions. He wanted to know how. What, what, how are you going to, how am I going to get and be all that you said that I'm going to get and I'm going to be? And I don't know about you, but there have been many times, many, many times where I have to pause and ask God questions. Do you know that it's okay to ask God questions? We wouldn't get as tricked up as we get sometimes if we just pause and ask God questions rather than making assumptions. And how about this? When we ask the questions, we wait for the answer. We wait for the answer because I'm going to show you here in a minute. The answer didn't come five seconds later. You have to wait for the answer. See, because what happened was. Abraham, Abram, I got to get the names right. Abram, before he was Abraham, he didn't, God was prophesying to him. He didn't understand how, do, what do you mean the father of many nations? What do you mean I'm going to be just overwhelmingly blessed? What do you mean kings and, and, and priests? What do you, what do you say? How does all this happen? And see, there is going to come a time and I'm, and we know this because I said it earlier, there comes a time in between hearing him and in between seeing him and hearing him and obeying him that you do have questions you do have questions and and you're walking through and nothing looks familiar and and nothing feels comfortable and you're not sure if you're in the right place it's okay to ask questions there have been times where when i looked at everything that was around me and everyone that was around me and i thought about what god showed me and dreams and visions and what was prophesied over my life that i literally had to ask god how do i get from here to there because it seems like all i all i could see was the obstacles between here and there. So I had to ask God, how do I get, I don't understand how I'm supposed to get from here to there, because guess what? Here doesn't look nothing like what you showed me. Here doesn't seem anything like what you've told me. 
You know, so you got sometimes you have to ask God the question, but see what ended up happening every time I asked the question is the same thing that would happen with Abraham. Then came the sacrifice and the sacrifice always came in the form of an experience that made things a little clearer. It made things a little clearer. See, look at this in verse nine, it says here that Abraham, so the Lord said to Abraham after he asked this question, because he had asked them, sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? Of it? And the Lord said to him, bring me a heifer, a goat and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abraham bought all these things to him. He was obedient. He cut them in two. He arranged the halves. He, he arranged the birds. However, he didn't cut them in half. And then he 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 drove the, he, the birds of the prey came down to eat as he was preparing the sacrifice, but he drove them away. And then when the sun was setting, he fell asleep. He fell asleep. Now, see, he did good. He went and got it and he prepared it. I would have said a heifer, a goat, a ram, what does that have to do with sovereign Lord? How will I know that I will gain possession of it? But Abram did what he always did. When God gave him those instructions to bring him those things, he obeyed. He obeyed. How many times did we miss the answer? Because when we asked the question, we didn't obey the instructions that came after it. We didn't feel like that fit. We didn't feel like that aligned with the question that we were that we were asking God. So we didn't understand that we had to follow through. We had to follow through. Follow through what? Follow through with what God is telling us. Too many times we try to make the answer up. We want the answer right now. And so when God is telling, when you're asking God, will my child live? And he tells you, you know what? I think you need to um, go over here to such and such. And the altar is open. You need to pray. You're looking like my child is in the hospital. What do you mean go to the altar? Oh, your child's in the hospital. Oh, there's a celebration going over, going on across town. Go to that. What? My child is dying in the hospital. Why do, would I want to go to a celebration? Why would I want to go to the altar? I can pray right here. They got a chapel right downstairs in the hospital. See, we start, we, we, we answer God's uh, instructions with more questions. More questions instead of being obedient. You ask the question, you wait. I promise you instructions coming after. And the instruction is not going to look anything like the question you just asked, but you must follow through. So Abram did as he always did. He believed God and he followed through. He went to sleep. He went to sleep. He went to sleep. I don't know about you, but the first thing I do when I ask the question, good night. Because I need to, sh I need to shut it down. I need to shut it down. Otherwise, I'll start thinking. And if I start thinking, now I got to come up. Now I'm going to come up with a solution. Next thing you know, you got your solution confused with the solution God didn't even give. And you're out there doing stuff, just doing random stuff, saying that God told you to do that, and God didn't even speak yet. Why do we know God didn't speak yet? Because you didn't even follow His instruction. He gave you instruction. You didn't even follow that. You didn't even go get the sacrifice. You didn't even go get the sacrifice. So 
Abram follows the instruction of God. And he goes and he gets to sacrifice. He does as he's told. And then what happens in verse 13? The Lord says to him, know for certain that for 400 years, your descendants will be strangers in a country, not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated there. He begins to explain it. God begins to explain to him, this is how you're going to get from here to there. This is how you know that you will inherit it. I'm going to tell you even that, which you won't even be able to see. Okay. But I will punish them. He says that serve as that serve, that they serve as slaves. And afterwards they will come out with great possessions. And then he even goes all the way down. And in the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. And then when the sun had set and the darkness had fallen and a smoke and fire pot with a blazing torch appeared between the two pieces on that day, on that day, on the day that Abraham followed God's instruction, on the day that Abraham went to sleep, on the day that God explained to him how he would know what he would inherit, that's when God made the covenant with him. That's when God made the covenant with him. What? When he believed. When he believed, when he saw God, when he heard God, when he heard God, when he obeyed God, now he is receiving the covenant. See, you, this is something that we don't often pay attention to is all the things that happen in between the question and the answer. Just like we don't pay attention to all the things that happen between us seeing God and hearing God and obeying God. I'm stuck with that obeying God. All the things that happen in between the time we see him and we obey him. We let those things fly by us so, so fast. And see, when God had his conversation since God, let me slow down, since between Genesis 1, right? And the conversation that God had with Abraham when he made that covenant, there was creation, there was man, um, creation of man and Adam, there was creation of the woman, there was deception, there was murder, there was humanity increasing, there was wickedness increasing. That God establishing a covenant with Noah, then God had to scatter the language of humanity, and then finally, Finally, we get to Abram when his name is changed to Abraham. A lot is happening. So I'm not discounting to you, with you, what happens between the time you hear God and the time that you obey God. Because even when God created, when God created man, a lot happened between the time of creation and the time of his covenant with Abram. A lot had happened. In between that time, what am I telling you? That, that God has a plan. And I'm telling you that plan is the covenant that he wants to make with you. But the requirement is that you see him and that you hear him and that you obey him regardless of what happens in between the gap. Your job is to see him to hear him and obey him. Don't even let yourself get in the way. When Abram made that mistake and lied and said Sarah was his sister, well, and, and they believed him and almost, almost cost them their life, he didn't even let his own mistake stop him. He didn't even let his own mistake stop him. See, once this is the thing that we we sometimes don't always 
take into consideration. Once we've made up our minds to believe God, we have to believe him all the way through. So when things happen that come to fight with our belief, with our faith, we must focus on the last thing God said to us and allow that thing, allow that thing to guide us until he says the next thing. See, it says that Abram saw God. So I feel like Abram was looking at God and he just looked at him until he spoke. And then when God spoke, he heard him and he listened as long as God was talking. And when God stopped talking, he obeyed him. He obeyed what he heard. Too many times we get mixed up in what we hear and what we see. We get them mixed up. And the enemy just comes and gives us just enough to make us think that that is God and what we see is God and what we heard is God. And then next thing you know, we're off obeying the enemy because we forget, we forget what we saw and we forget what we heard. Short-term memory loss, I call it. We forget what we heard. We forget what we saw. And now we're obeying the enemy. This is not, let me tell you something. Christianity is not for the faint-hearted. It is not for those to, it is not for those who are who are looking for fame, who are looking for fortune, who are looking for in today's term platform. It's, it's, not, it's not for those because in order, in order to receive from God, then you have to see him. In order to hear him, listen, work it backwards. In order to receive from him, you have to hear him. In order to hear him, you have to see him. And a lot, and we keep we keep trying to we keep trying to skip steps, and that's why I'm talking today about the fact that you must follow through. You must follow through. You cannot allow the enemy to trick you up because you forgot the last thing you heard. Most of the time, when we get twisted up into doing something that we thought God said, it's because we got tired of waiting on God's instruction. We got tired of waiting to hear him. We saw him. We got tired waiting to hear him. And then when it was time to obey him, we didn't want to do it that way. And we let our own self become our own stumbling block. But I want to remind you today, I'm here to remind you today that you must Follow through on the first thing that God said to you. You must follow through on what God is saying to us in these scriptures that I've already prepared a covenant. It is waiting for you. It is waiting for you. And I've, I've, I'm, I'm going to, for those of you who haven't seen him, you will see him because your eyes, I'm speaking to your eyes now, they will be open, that you would be able to see the Lord Jesus. I'm speaking to your ears right now, that they would open, that you would be able to hear God. And then I'm speaking to your discipline so that you would be able to obey him no matter what comes, no matter what gets in your way, even if it's you, 
even if it's you, don't let your own self get in the way. We all are going to make mistakes. We all are going to, as the Bible says, fall short. We all are going to do it. We all are going to do it, but we don't make it a practice. We get back up and we keep our eyes on God. Keep your eyes on God until you can hear what he is saying to you. And then when he speaks to you, be swift about obeying what he says. Abraham didn't waste no time. God said, go, he went. God said, get this and that and the other and for the sacrifice. And he went and got it and start preparing it. He knew what to do. We know what to do, but we let the world system, we let the world's traits enter in and intersect in our Christian walk and knock us off path. And the problem with letting it knock us off path is that some of us, we're so stubborn that when we realize we're going down the wrong road, we won't even turn around. We start trying to make it look like God, make it look like God said that, make it look like God spoke that, make it look like God showed himself to us that way when he did not. He showed himself to us and you were supposed to stay there and keep looking at him until you heard him. And then when you heard him, you were to move in obedience to what he was saying, not to what you wanted to do, not to what made it easier for you. We're always trying to supplement God's instructions with our own. <clears throat> Stop picking and choosing what you're going to obey of what God says. <clears throat> Stop picking and choosing of what you're going to hear of what God says. Follow it. You must follow all the way through. Just like when your doctor gives you the antibiotics and tells you to take them for 10 days. You don't stop at eight just because you feel better. If you do, you're going to be sick in another week. You take it all the way till the end. If the doctor tells you to take A, you don't decide amongst yourselves. Well, let's see. Talk to yourself. and I think I'm going to take this instead. What are you? Follow through. We don't have, listen, to follow through takes discipline. How about that? To follow through, it takes discipline. It takes discipline to follow through with what God is telling you. Because guess what? What he's telling you is going to be uncomfortable. Somewhere in those instructions, it's going to be uncomfortable. And you're going to start feeling like you might want to look for an alternative route. But I'm telling you, stay the course, stay focused and follow through follow through. See, we can't follow through with a God that we don't see because we can't even follow through in the natural. We can't follow through with what our leaders instruct us to do. We can't follow through with what our spouses even tell us to do. We can't follow through with the doctors tell us to do. We can't follow through with our professors tell us to do if we're in school. We always looking for a way to avoid the actual work. So at the root of not being able to follow through, what is it? Are we lazy? Are we the undisciplined ones instead of the disciplined ones that we can't follow through, that we can't ever finish anything and finish it in excellence because we're so busy trying to get it over with because it's hard? See, I told you the Christian life is not 
for the faint-hearted. We have to, we have to be ready, ready to guard our faith through every situation and through every circumstance. And when God gives us instruction, we have to follow it through to the end, just like he said. We have to do it just like he said. Just like he said, see, God tells us that he's a jealous God. He's not going to have anyone before him. And some, so many times we relate that to people and, and certain situations and circumstances. But guess what? It also applies to your thoughts and your ways. You don't put your thoughts and your ways before God's thoughts and God's ways. He's a jealous God. You follow his instructions to the letter. And guess what? Yes, it's going to upset some people. Yes, it might get you the, as the, uh, counted as the outcast. And yes, it might not make you the most popular person. But I promise you, I promise you, when you stand before God, he's going to say, well done. Well done. You did that. I mean, you stood there in the face of the enemy and you what? You followed through. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. Yes, it's going to be difficult. Yes, it might be a bit of an annoyance sometimes and God knows it's going to be uncomfortable and you're not going to be able to see your way clear and you're not going to be able to understand clearly what God is saying. You're going to have to walk through it to the other side if you want that understanding. But the point is you still got to follow through. You don't get to give up. You don't get to walk away. You don't get to insert your own opinion. You must follow through to what God is saying. Come on. I must follow through to what God is saying to me. Don't even let you get in your own way. And guess what? If you just happen to trip over your own feet, stand up. Come on, Abraham. Abram, stand up. Stand up, Abraham, and, and get back in line and keep on going. Don't give up. Don't forfeit. Don't forfeit. Don't throw it all away just because you got in your own way or you let somebody else's words get in your way or you let somebody else's actions get in your way. Follow through. Listen, God, if you're under the sound of my voice, God is talking to you. He's telling you what he expects from you. He's giving you instruction. He's giving you instruction right now, right now, write it down and follow through, write it down until you, so that you can train, discipline yourself, not to go, not to go beyond his instruction, write it down. And every time you're tempted to think that you might know what the next step is, go back and look at it again. Is it written down there? Then nope, you ain't doing that because that's not what God told you. That's not what he instructed you. You must follow through. I cannot say that enough. You, ma'am, sir, must follow through. God is speaking to you. God is showing himself to you so you can see him. He is speaking to you so you can hear him. Now he's waiting on your obedience so that you can receive. You're not going to receive. I don't care what it is you think you have in your hand that God gave you, you will not receive if you do not follow through. If you do not obey his word, not yours, you must follow through. Let's pray. God, I thank you in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that you're calling us, that you're putting a demand upon our discipline. I thank you, oh God, that you have already put in us what we need to obey you. 
I thank you, God, for our faith because it doesn't fail us. And I thank you, Lord God, that you have promised to lead and guide us in truth and truth and righteousness and righteousness. So we will not follow a lie, nor will we follow the liar nor will we lean to our own understanding but we're going to acknowledge you in all of our ways because we want you and you alone to direct our paths there is no platform there's no platform that's greater than our obedience to you there is no there is nothing in this earth that we are loyal to than we are more loyal to you you god have kept us to this day so that we could stand so that we could stand in this covenant place with you and we thank you god for your patience with us and we thank you for reminding us of what you have waiting on us if we would but agree with you to see you to hear you to obey you so that not only we can receive, but generation after generation after generation can receive this same covenant that you have prepared. We give you all glory and we give you all honor. And we thank you for being our Lord, our Savior, and our one and only true God. We bless your holy name in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you so much for joining me on this evening. The information is on the screen. If you'd like to sew into this broadcast, I will see you on next Monday at 7 p.m. And remember, until then, not only don't let go, but follow through. Follow through. Come on, I want to see some letters. Tell me, write me and tell me about what you follow through on, what you focused on, what is God saying to you? What are you doing that is bringing him honor, that is bringing him glory? Not you. What's bringing God glory? What's bringing God honor? Come on, we're raising up a new generation and we must teach them. We must teach them right. We must teach them that they have to follow through. You don't get to walk out on God when things get a little inconvenient. You don't get to insert your opinion when you don't like his instruction. Come on, we must follow through, ladies and gentlemen. We must follow through. Come on, don't give up. Until next week, so don't give up. Don't give up. See you next week. Mm -hmm.